Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer. And that, Father, this gracious gift that you have given us, that we can beseech the throne of mercy and grace of you who hold existence by your very word. And Father, thank you that we've given us this time to draw to your word, to draw to the deeper things of your book. Father, to understand that when Paul wrote the church in Rome, when he says that your purposes will stand, that, Lord, we understand your faithfulness, your faithfulness. He's saying your faithfulness and majesty, Lord. Um, How can a heart not turn to the heavens and understand he who we serve? Thank you, Lord, for your counsel, your comfort, and, Father, your guidance, even when we can only see the next step. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for carrying us even to the end of the age. To your glory and to your praise. Amen. In chapter 34, what you have here is almost uh, an interlude between the time of Jacob setting up his place of residency uh, in the land of Canaan after he had left Laban, uh, after being there for almost 20 years and giving birth to a, a number of kids through a number of women. And we have an incident here that the daughter of Leah is raped by one of the royal family uh, of the Canaanites uh, in this area. Um, this, kid, this boy is a prince. Uh, his father, Hamor, is the one that Jacob had actually bought land from. And um, the son seen her. Uh, and raped her, took her by force. And then, as best can be concluded, literally took her into his home and held her hostage and then sent his father to Jacob to ask for marriage. And um, then the line of Jacob... And Jacob are very deceptive with this man. And they basically say that we cannot allow our daughter, or Jacob said, I cannot allow my daughter to be married to someone who is uncircumcised. So unless your people become circumcised, uh, there shall not be, uh, we cannot give her to you. And uh, the men went forth right away. uh, And all the men of the town went forth and became circumcised. And Simeon and Levi, on the third day, went in and slaughtered all the men with the sword. But then the rest of the boys cruised into town and looted and killed and stole um, in their vengeance for what had happened to their sister. And uh, Jacob confronts his boys and says... This is bad, what you've done. And their conclusion to their father is, should he treat our sister as a harlot? Okay, I agree, and Bible is emphatic that in this case of rape, there should be a punishment. And we'll deal with that when we get to Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And I can tell you what the punishment is. The punishment is death. Okay, 
But it isn't the death of the father. <laughs> it isn't the death of the, all the males of the city. And it isn't the death of all the livestock and the taking of the women and all the rest of it. And, and this is one of the things that you and I have to pay attention to because we do gear up our vengeance. Our vengeance will exceed the crime. And that's why we are told through Holy Writ that vengeance is the Lord. Now, this is in here and people say, well, why is this even in here? Well, there's a whole lot of reasons that this is in here. One of the things that we, you and I have to pay attention to is that God made a promise to Jacob. All right? You know that. When he stole the birthright from Esau and Esau copped an attitude, remember? Okay, those of you who studied it. And God said, go to Canaan, get your wife. I will, what? Honor this. God said, the older will serve the younger. Esau would have to serve Jacob. He said he would. All right? And all through this, God is faithful and Jacob is faithless. And I want you to look at it, and instead of looking at it as a story, look at it as true history and human emotions and the human frailty that you and I exhibit on a day-to-day basis. God said... I have made a covenant with you, Jacob. I will honor the covenant. Period. What was Jacob's response? Here, let me help you. Right? What? But where did he learn that from? His father Isaac. And yet Isaac's life was one where God took him and grew him in his faith and proved himself faithful. Where did Isaac learn it? His father Abraham was taken by the hand, walked with God, grew in his faith to the point where he could offer up Isaac on Mount Moriah. So what I'm trying to get across here and what is being given to us is the foundational seeds for what you and I call the life of faith. Go all the way back to Genesis. And you know what? God works in defiance of our logic. I mean, it's almost like he, he, he plans it. And even when Jacob goes and screws this thing up for 20 years living in the land of Laban, that's in disobedience to the covenant. It's in disobedience to what God had told him. And yet God still, still honored it. He still honored it. So, when he comes back, he's going to have some problems. And it's amazing that Laban, the pagan, okay, that's Leah and Rachel's father, okay, he sees God blessing him. I see God blessing you, Jacob. And then he has a little problem, remember, wrestling with a messenger whether it's a Christophany or a messenger of God, he wrestled all night and he calls his name Israel. He who wrestles with God and men. And that's where his name change came in. All right. He sends all the presents to Esau and God has already told him, go back to the land that I promised you. 
And here he is trying to kiss up to Esau because now Esau's going to kill me. Esau's going to kill me. Esau's going to kill me. What happened? And it's obvious now that I'm in a generation, I'm in a fourth generation, and I look at the children of Jacob, and what do I see? How strong is their faith? I can tell you how strong their faith is. These old boys are going to end up 400 years in captivity. Egyptian slaves. That's how strong their faith is. Okay? They're going to sell their little brother. That's how strong their faith is. And it's going to be, it's going to show the same sign. Why? When Isaac had his kids, why did he show favoritism? Why did him and Rebecca show favoritism? What did it get him? Okay. What's going to happen in Jacob's family? He's going to show favoritism. And the whole time God's saying, you're not listening, Jacob. You, you, you need to trust me. And what happens? Nothing. So when something happens to the daughter, the sister, what is going to be the response? Why would they not petition God to take care of this? We'll just take care of it. And they did. And Jacob's response is, you know what? Everybody in this land is going to hate me and kill me, want to kill me. And then chapter 35, we see that God comes back, speaks to Jacob, but yet again, and says, yo, bonehead, did you forget the covenant? I made a covenant with you. You didn't make a covenant with me. I made a covenant with you. And it will only last till I die. And oh, by the way, that can't happen. So it's only what they call an everlasting covenant. What does that mean? It's only going to last forever. All right. So he says, here, then God said to Jacob, arise and go up to Bethel and, and live there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So remember, remember that little story? He, he ran away because mom says, you know what? Your brother's going to kill you and this is going to get butt ugly and we need to get you out of town. Okay, I mean, God, you know, your father gave you the blessing, but if you're dead, you can't spend it. All right? So get out of town. Why? God wrestled with him there or came to him there that evening and says, no, you don't understand. I already made that covenant. It ain't got nothing to do with you. I already told your mother. I already told your father. Who was going to get the covenant? It would be Jacob. All right? So Jacob said to his household and to put... To put all their things away with him. And then there's a little phrase there, verse 2 of chapter 35. And put away the foreign gods which you have among you. And purify yourselves and change your garments. What had happened? They'd moved into the land. Remember, Rachel grabbed her a handful of daddy's little statues. Gods, demons, whatever, idols. And he's just smuggling them around. And now it's filtrated throughout his whole family, and they've got them little every other places. They're all over the place. Little big things out here, 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 here. We do it. We do it. Why do we buy name brand? Why do I spend more money for a name or a symbol? So that somebody can say, hey, look, he's got Maserati. 
or that's Nike, or that's Oakley, or that's Solomon, or that's this, or that's that. Why? That's why we do it. It can be idols to us. And we take them. And here's what's funny. Here's what we do. We get ourselves into a bind. What do we do? I'm going to hide all my little idols. Don't you find that fascinating? He doesn't say destroy them. He doesn't say throw them away. Pitch them things. He says, hide them. And then what? Cleanse yourself. Why? God's kind of ticked off at us. The truth of the matter is, he's not ticked off at him. The truth of the matter is, he's saying, I want you to trust me. And they're not. If they were trusting him, why would they have the little idols? If we were trusting him, why do we have our idols? Okay? And that, I want you to see this because we look at this as this is some far, far away, long time ago place. And you know what? Their nature is the same nature that you and I have hasn't changed we still do it we want to make it right look at you know oh you know i'm in a jam here what you know what we just slaughtered a whole town a whole city the blood is on our hands that means everybody in this country is going to come in at us because we're the outsiders we need god's help so quick hide the idols Cleanse yourself. Purify yourself. Why? We're going to go talk to God. We're in a pickle. How many times have I heard people want to make deals with God? I got myself into a pickle. and I went, yeah, Think about it. When we go to the doctor and we get that puzzled look and you need to go in for this or this test or this test and we think this might be showing up, how's, how's come all of a sudden we become prayer warriors? Why weren't we prayer warriors to start with? Well, because before then I was doing it. And God was helping me. It was really cool. Here's what he says. Let us arise and go up to Bethel and we'll make an altar uh, there to God who answered me in the day of my distress. See what he's saying? See what he did? My distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. All right, so he's seen God's faithfulness. But ask yourself a question. Does the man's life right now show that he trusts God's faithfulness? Okay, look what else he says. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had had in rings and in, in, in their ears and Jacob, and he hid them under an oak tree, uh, which is near Shechem. Okay? And as they journeyed, there was great terror upon the cities around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. I wonder where the terror came from. They heard about the slaughter. Okay, so Jacob came to Lutz, that is Bethel, uh, in the land of Canaan, and he and all his people there. And then I want you to look down, verse 10. This is the covenant. This is God saying, Jacob, I'm talking to you. God said to him, your name is Jacob, and you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Now, what had happened? When he came and he met with Esau, the night before, he wrestled with God. And at that point in time, what did God do? Changed his name. Now, I want you to understand something. You're changing your identity. When you change your name, you change your identity. 
Okay, if you look at history, I love history, but if you looked at the Babylonians, if you looked at the Assyrians or the Medo-Persians or the Greeks, when they rolled in on a country and, and just conquered it, you know what they did? They changed the names of all the people. Why? I wish to remove your identity. And they had the authority to do that because they said our gods are bigger than your gods or you wouldn't have been defeated. And so therefore I shall change your name. And that's what they did. And we do it in a sense when a a woman marries, what does she do? Do you know why? You will leave and cleave. New identity. You don't call daddy no more. You don't call mommy no more. When there's a problem, you have a new identity and you take care of that now. It's the same thing. Jacob wrestled with God and God says you now have what? A new identity. He who wrestles with his God. And let's be realistic. You look at Israel today and what do you have? He wrestles with God. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Here's what he says. What's amazing about this is he's got to he's got to tell Jacob a second time. Okay. Jesus told his disciples, "Greater are those who will come after them, for they will do exceeding and believe, not seeing the Son of God." Okay, whereas the disciples had what? Visual. Okay, and let's be realistic. Those boys turned the world upside down. But he says, we, you and I, will do greater now because we have never seen. Jacob has conversed with God. Jacob has wrestled with God. And God still has to get down and say, oh, you bonehead. I have changed your name. You have a new identity. But I like that. Why? God is faithful. If I was God, I would say, okay, idiot, I'll go find somebody else and make him Israel. Muttonhead. But God's purposes, what? Will stand. But your name, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come to you. Do you see that? And the king shall come forth to, from you. Land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you. And I will give the land to your descendants after you. Okay, one of the things that hits me on that text right there is the personal pronouns. They do not refer to Jacob. They all say, I. Okay, so you understand what I'm trying to get at right there? Who's going to do it? God's going to do it. And how much help does he need from you? He's. Then God went up from him to that place and they had spoken to him. <laughs> okay. And so what does Jacob do? Pillar in that place. He's spoken with him, a pillar of stone. And he poured out a drink offering on it. He poured oil on it. And Jacob called the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. Bethel. A drink offering. Uh, you'll see that in, in numbers. Okay? God Almighty, El Shaddai, is what he goes by in verse 11. 
I am, that word says, I am God Almighty. That is, in the Hebrew, it is El Shaddai. Okay? So God comes back to Jacob and says, here's what we're going to do. Now I want to show you some stuff here and we're going to wrap up. All right? First thing, the massacre at Shechem. Okay, just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean God's enjoying it. Please understand that. I've seen people try to take the massacre at Shechem and make, ah, gee, many crickets, crazy stuff out of it. Okay? This is when man takes vengeance into his own hands. This is what you get. Why? And this is a group of men who should have been trusting God. Okay? This group was not ignorant to God. Please understand that. All right? You've got to understand that part. All right? Now then, verse 16. All right. God reaffirms the covenant in verses 1 through 15 of chapter 35. Then in verse 16, let's read there and see what happens. Then they journeyed from Bethel. And when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth. Okay, and then it says, she suffered severe labor. Okay, the original Hebrew means that it was complicated. There was some kind of a a painful complication in the birth. And you'll see this. It came about when she was in severe labor that the midwife said to her, do not fear for now you have another son. Okay. Okay. Um, This is really kind of fascinating. Let me read it through. Okay. And it came about as her soul was departing. Did you get that? Okay. That she named him Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. All right. Uh, Ephrath is an ancient name for what you would call um, Bethlehem. Okay. And where Rachel gave birth to who? Benjamin. All right. Uh, Benjamin means, uh, the word Benjamin means son of the right hand. Um, Benoni means son of my sorrow or misfortune. Okay. So I, I, I want you to know that because, uh, let's be realistic. Bethlehem is a little bit significant, don't you think? Okay. And you will hear the weeping and the wailing of who? Rachel. Okay. This, I mean, it is so amazing. Anyway, let's, let's just keep cruising here with this. Um, Rachel gives birth, dies giving birth to Benjamin. Okay, now how many kids do we have? Okay, some of you guys, I'll tell you what, it says it here. We'll, we'll count them up as we read through, all right? Because we know we have to have 12 tribes, right? We've got to have 12. That was the promise. Okay, we know Dan gets the boot. Okay? Because God just gets tired of Dan, Ephraim, and a few others. Anyway, so, but let's, let's look at it. At the birth of Benjamin, how many sons do we have? 12. Benjamin is the 12th. He's the youngest. Okay. 
Verse 20, Jacob set up a pillar over her grave and the pillar of Rachel is on the grave to this day. You know what? It is. Okay, I've seen it. It's a pillar. It's a big... Anyway. Um, then Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. It came about while Israel... Okay, now we know who Israel is now, right? Everybody's got the transition. All right. Okay, it came about while Israel was dwelling in the land that Reuben went and lay with Bilah, his father's concubine. Do you understand? Do you know who Bilah is? It's one of his mothers. Okay, he has children that are of the twelve tribes of Israel from her. Okay, Reuben. That's why they made a sandwich after him. No, uh, just kidding. Um, I mean, you know, you could have a great monument. He gets a sandwich. Uh, anyway. Well, well, it says right there, Dan and Naphtali came from Bilal. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, sauerkraut. Anyway, uh, here's what he says. And it came about why Israel was dwelling in the land. Reuben lay with Bilal, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Okay. Now, that's fascinating because look what it says next. Now, there are 12 sons of Jacob. Well, wait a minute. Dad found out that one of his sons slept with one of his concubines, which birthed his sons. And Jacob, Israel said what? Listen, he went and slaughtered a town for raping his daughter. Houston, we have a problem. However you cut that thing. Here's what happened. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn. Okay? Then Simeon and Levi, Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, the sons of Rachel are Joseph and Benjamin. Okay? And the sons of Bilal, Rachel's maid, are Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Zilpha, Leah's maid, are Gad and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padarama, or Mesopotamia. Got it? Jacob came to his father Isaac at memory of yeah, you can read it. That is Hebron. I don't know why I get into these namey things. Let's just keep it Hebron. Where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were 180 years. Isaac breathed his last and died. And he has gathered to his people the old, uh, an old man of ripe age and his son Esau and Jacob buried him. Don't you find that fascinating? What did the oldest son do? Took his father's wife. (laughs) Didn't the Corinthians get him some problem with that? That's the oldest son. Okay. I just want to lay that there because you see it. Now remember, Rachel is the one that Jacob loved. Remember? He had a strong love for her. And remember Laban tricked him and gave him Leah first and he had to stay another seven years? 
Okay, so now God has taken Rachel out of the picture, and now he has 12 sons and a daughter. Okay, now then this, chapter 36 is basically the record of Esau. I'm just literally going to go through this, just going to touch some bases here. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I do want you to pay attention to this, because this is what's going on today. Um, Did you hear that there's a big thing going on in Gaza right now? A big war in Gaza? Huge slaughter of people going on in Gaza. Did you know that? And it's the Palestinians. Okay, The Jews are all sitting on the hillside in their tanks, making sure nothing boils over. And, and it's between the Fatah party and Hamas. Okay, Both of them are Palestinian groups. But now they're, they're fighting each other. Okay, And Hamas gets brilliant and fires a rocket over into Israel to try to drag Israel into it. Because if you drag Israel into the war, then the Palestinians will unite. <laughs> because Israel's here. Quick! It's all be friendly. Okay? Here's the problem. And I, I want you to understand it. It lays here in chapter 36 of Genesis. Okay? What is happening in Gaza today is out of 36. Okay? Now, Jacob took two wives. Does that mean God says take two wives? No. No, it doesn't. And yet, God still says my covenant is with you. Right? Now, now watch Esau. Now, these are the records of the generations of Esau. That is who? Edom. These are the Edomites. Okay, uh, they had most of the countryside on the east side of the Jordan, south of the Galilee region, and it is a desolate area. Esau took what? Wives. Where did he take them from? Didn't God say they were cursed? So Esau took wives from Canaan. Ada, the daughter of Elhon, the Hittite. Um, the daughter of Anna and the granddaughter of Zebulun, the Hivite. All right. All of these people have been obliterated. You'll see that in the book of Joshua. Okay. Also, base math, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nebuth, Adah bore Elsas to Esau, and base math bore Ruel. Okay. He just goes through the list. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of where? Canaan. All right, now watch what he says. Then Esau took his wife and his sons and his daughters and all of his household and his livestock and all of his cattle and all of his goods were acquired in the land of Canaan and went to another land away from his brother Jacob. Okay, now what was wrong with that picture? God wanted his people where? Canaan. And he wanted the Canaanites removed. Esau took women of the Canaanites and moved. (laughs) All right, now watch what he says. For their property had become too great for them to live together, and the land where they sojourned could not sustain them because of their livestock. So Esau lived in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Edom. Okay, and Seir is, is Edom. Um, uh, it, it would be what you would know, the western border, western territory of Jordan. Okay? 
These are the records of the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in the hill country. These are the names of Esau's son. Now, I want you to remember chapter 36 because you're going to see 36 again and again. You can turn on CNN right now and see chapter 36 because the Palestinians are Edomites. They're Edomites. You know what that means? They were the firstborn. They believe they should have the birthright. Isaac is their father. Abraham was their grandfather. The birthright was to do us. And who stole it? Israel. And so when you hear people saying we're going to get peace over there, do you realize what you're saying? They believe they've been ripped off. And what's really crazy about it? Your brothers. Your brothers. That's insane. But, hey, what do I know? These are the records of the generation of Esau, the father of the Edomites of the hill country. These are the names of Esau's sons. Elphaz, uh, the son of Esau's wife, Ada, Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Basmath, the sons of Elphaz um, were Termon, Oman, Zepho, Gataman, and Kenza. Tima is a, was a concubine of Esau's son, Elphaz, and she bore Emelech. Anybody know? Does that name sound familiar? You're going to hear a group of people called the Amalekites. Okay? And they're going to be these really nasty people. And you're going to say, well, these are really nasty people. And you know where they came from? Jacob's brother. <laughs> All right, let's cruise on. <clears throat> to Elphaz, the sons of... And these are the sons of Ruel, Nathan, Zerah, Shammah, Amissa. And these are the sons of Esau's wife, Basemath. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Olamah, uh, the daughters of Anna, and the granddaughters of Zebra. She bore Esau, Jizu, uh, Jamal, and Korah. Uh, remember that name? Uh, these are the chiefs of the sons of Esau, the sons of Elphaz, the sons of Esau, and the chief um, are the chief, uh, are our chief Taman. Chief Omar, Chief Zepho, and Chief Kazan. Okay, now, that is the beginning foundations of what you will know as the Edomites and their leadership. Chief Korah, Chief Getman, and Chief Amalek. Um, these are the chief descendants of Elphaz in the land of Edom, and these are the sons of Adah. These are the sons of Lul, Esau's sons, Chief Nata, Chief Zepha, Chief Samath, Chief Meza. And these are the chiefs of the descendants from rule in the land of Edom. And they're the sons of Esau's wife, Basemeth. And these are the sons of Esau's wife, Olamah, the chief Jesu, chief Jamal, chief Korah. And these are the chief's descendants from Esau's wife, Olamah, and the daughter of Anna. And these are the sons of Esau's, that is, Edom. And these are their chiefs. Okay, so you have the beginning of a nation. You have the beginning of the forming of a group of people. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan, Sobal, Zeph, Ziban, and Anna, and Dison, and Ezer, and Dessa, and the chiefs descend from the Horites, and the sons of Seir in the land of 
Edom. These are the sons of Lotan, where Hori and Heman and Lotan's sister and Timana. These are the sons of Shobal, Alvan, Manahata, Elba, Shibo, and Onan. These are the sons of Zeb- Zebion, Aya, Anna, and he is Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness when his was pasturing donkeys with his father, Zebion. These are the children of Anna. You know where the hot springs are? It's down by the Dead Seas. I guess you haven't been there, have you? Huh? Because that's across the Dead Sea from Edomites, and uh, it will become a sought-after place. Watch. It, he, he lays it out. It's, it's really amazing, actually. These are the children of Anna, Dison, Olubah, and the daughters of Anna. And these are the sons of Dimon, Heman, Hishba, Litha, Aitha, Etharon. I'm telling you what, name your kids after something. Chiran, and the sons of Ezer, Bilan, and Zavan, and Akan. And the sons of Tashan, Uz. Gotta love that one. And Aran. I would still name Uz and Buzz. Those are the two best that I've run into to date. Meet my oldest son, Uz, and my youngest son, Buzz. And, and they're, they're the ones, they're looking for the hot spring. Uh, uh, chief Dison, Chief Ezer, Chief Distan, and the chiefs descendant of the Horites, uh, according to their various chiefs in the lands of Sur. Now these are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the sons of Israel. Bela was the son of Beor, make a note, reigned in Edom, and the name of his city was Dinabah. Then Bela died, and Jobah, the son of Zerah, and Bozara um, became king in his place. Then Joab, or Jobab died, and Hisham, the land of the Temanites, became the king of this place. Then Hushman died. It's just it's a lot of death running around in there. And Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated Midan in the field of Moab, okay, the field of Moab is over there by where the hot springs were, became king in his place in the city as Aveth. Then Hadad died and Samah of Mazaka became king of his place. And Samath died. <laughs> and Shalul of Rubah from on the Euphrates River became king of his place. Shal died. And Balahan, the son of Aknor. Now, this is, a, this is a lot of generations running through here. We're not, don't try to say, well, how does that fit in 37, between 35 and, it won't. Okay, this is the history of the line of Esau. Okay, where was I? Akbor died and Hadad became king of the place, of his place. And the name of the city was Paul. And his wife's name was Mechtaba. And the daughter of Matar the daughter of Mezabah. Now these are the names of the chiefs descendant, descendant from Esau according to their families and their localities by their names. Chief Tina, Chief Alava, Chief Jertha, Chief Olaban, Chief Allah, Chief Peon, Chief, Chief Peon, that's a good one, Chief Krentz, Chief Timan, Chief Metzer, Chief Magdala, Chief Aram, and the chiefs 
These are the chiefs of Edom. That is Esau, the father of the Edomites, according to their habitation in the land of their possession. Are you thrilled that we got through that? Okay, I will next week go through and give you a list of these that you need to pay attention to. You're going to see them. Okay, uh, the one that stands out just hits you right between the eyes is Amalek. Uh, you will see the Amalekites all over the place and they become, they are as persistent and they're trying to destroy Israel as the Philistines were. Okay. And uh, I want you to see that because remember, God said he would bless Esau. Okay, but the inheritance went to Jacob. Okay, and you can see right here, he did have a nation. He had a country. So God is, one of the things that is amazing to me in these 36 chapters is God is faithful to what he says in spite of us. I mean, I just, I just don't get it. And what I rejoice in this is, is that these men had the same struggles that you and I have today. Same struggles. We just don't have these weird names. We don't. And yet, I want you to understand something. As a Christian tonight, do you understand? When I go back to 35 and I see God saying, You forgot. Your name is Israel. Okay? When I go back and I read that, that is God's covenant. Now, I want, to say, I want you to think about something. We, we read that, and, and you hear people talking about, well, the covenant with Israel, the covenant with... And what do you think the Lord's table is? When you take of the cup, what are you doing? This is my blood of what? New covenant. What did you do? To get in that thing. He did it. He said all authority. Has been given to me on heaven and earth. Therefore. Go. Make disciples. Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And by the way. Jacob. I'm with you always. You have a. New. Identity. We have been called to leave and cleave. Leave Satan and cleave to Christ. And it goes all the way back to Genesis. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Why? God doesn't change. <laughs> God doesn't change. That's what we need, brothers and sisters. I don't need all these Bilal's and Bolibas and Omadas and chief of Timah. I don't care. All right? And that's hard to teach. Why do I teach narratives? Well, you know what? God said, put it in my book. And if he said, put it in my book, then what's he saying? Read it. Why? You have a new identity and I can show you where it came from. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. The amazing things that you continue to do. Lord, I, your faithfulness with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is amazing to me. Even with Esau, even with 
Um, Ishmael, even Hagar. I, I don't understand that, Lord. Your promises stand forever. And Father, I pray that we, your people, called by your name, indwelt by your spirit, your word upon our heart, will rest in full assurance of that. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've already done and what you will continue to do. Father, there's much happening in our world today. Many people are hurting. Many people are suffering. And Father, there is only one hope and there's only one truth. Father, may we be people of the truth. And Father, may we be the people who walk in that one hope. To your glory, to your praise. Amen.